Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Already. <laughs> <laughs> I cut this shit out. Don't worry. You just wanted to make it open me. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we always say we let this stuff out and leave it in. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pandemic uh, mini series by the Snowcast, episode three, sort into the second half of the, the, the country or uh, the second lot of um, 16 counties of Cannes. Um, we're at the three quarter way mark, and I'm not going to lie, I've absolutely fucking love this series it's reinvigorated me as a podcaster as a craft beer drinker it's set challenges of trying to fucking find and resource beers it's um like shit like this wouldn't have been possible without the likes of beer cloud and craft beer delivered and, and sites like that and also without fucking breweries around the country doing their shit um owen how are you getting on yeah really good yeah yeah um I've had a pretty good week and really, really looking forward to tonight. Uh, I've tipped into three of our cans already, so I have had a really good night so far. Um, but yeah, Scott, as as you said, have really, really enjoyed the series so far. Um, as we say, as we said at the start of every episode so far, but it's been such an exploration of um, cans and like, like it's literally like a little, been a little challenge as well, isn't it? You know, as in like, you know, you have to try and get a can from every county. And like, I know first, if our first episode, we did Bally Kill Cavan for a cabin. Um, and, you know, we, we, we've been struggling a little bit to get the cans uh, from every county, pretty much because some have been, uh, some have been um, cans from, are some some places they haven't had breweries in those counties and other places then they had breweries and then they've been taken over and stuff like that or mergers and stuff like that so but actually what, what's happened is like you i've learned a lot about like the kind of like history and stuff of brewing and the history of like those kind of like business deals and who got taken over by who and who's you know who's merged with who like it's been really interesting so yeah i've 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 learned a lot from this one it's it's been it's been eye opening, as they say. Yeah, actually, I I have um, I have two breweries tonight who've either been 
merged or bought out or moved homes. So I've got a bit of that going on tonight now. Um, also, don't I don't want you to say too much about it because actually I think it could be something that we could turn into a podcast maybe or, or find some way around doing something more with. And also, I don't want you to ruin the surprise for people who get it in the Christmas stocking. But um, you played the Yellow Belly card game tonight before you came on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. So uh, I think they only made 100 packs of these uh, and there's only 98 left because two of us got ones. Uh, so yeah, myself and Kira played it uh, when we were uh, just after dinner there tonight, um, and yeah, it was, it was really good fun. So basically, the premise of the card game is, uh, or should I ruin it? No, Am look, I ruin? No, nah, I won't ruin it. I won't ruin it. And also, if you played it and played it completely wrong, you just make a dope yourself. So exactly, exactly. Um, like, I think they have a little explainer video up on their web- website about it. Um, but obviously, it's basically about all of their beers and stuff. And um, it's, it's, it's a really cool, it's a really fun game. Extremely complicated. Like, they went overboard on the, on the rules on it. Like, there's, they, they have, like, um, two cards in it, uh, which are, like, which have the rules printed on them. Uh, but they're front and back in like tiny writing, and I'm like, "What the hell?" Like I was there, like trying to ex- like trying to read the thing. Like, but yeah, I think a few rounds of it now, and you'd be fine. It's it's actually really good crack. Like, um, yeah, you have one of them little like fucking mini old one magnifying glasses trying to read the fine print on the oak. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it, it was it was a little like that, but no, fair play to him. And like, as we said m- millions of times on this podcast the ingenuity of um breweries to be doing things like this um is astounding like and uh like just 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 like that like there's no need to be doing a card game like that like you know or same same story with yellow bellies like cartoons and their little um all the like artwork and stuff like that that they're doing like there's absolutely no need but it totally like everyone gets into it everyone like it's a it's a real good bit of fun and i really enjoyed it tonight anyway and i definitely see myself playing it again um akira enjoyed it as well like she, uh, she thought it was a really fun game like that um like that you're kind of uh, that you're kind of learning about like the beers and stuff as well throughout it but yeah it's, it's it, i i found it um uh, really good good crack but uh yeah I, I i actually i'm looking forward to fucking coming up and playing a game so and uh, le- level five is lifted and um, just actually uh former guest of the snowcast wayne the irish beer snob happy birthday it's his birthday oh. recording i saw online earlier so hope yourself and jan celebrating style and shout out they had a really good podcast with um people might know the beer not from twitter um a, a, a very experienced beer blogger who uh probably would laugh aghast at our description of some of the beers that we give and um, he's that experienced uh but happy birthday to wayne uh, who was recently on the podcast with his wife jan so check out their podcast really really good um and uh owen it's been a week where for some fucking reason the entirety of irish social media has been taken over by the crown and uh the the fictional storytelling documentary style um drama uh, about the Royals, have you watched it? Uh, I've watched uh, three episodes now of it, um, and yeah, it's good. Like, in fairness, like the old net, the now Netflix crowd can 
can whip up a good story, like, you know. Um, and it's a bit light, isn't it? It's a bit light on the details and a few things, like, kind of brushes over a few old yokes, like, you know. Um, but, but then at the same time, you're kind of like, look, this isn't a documentary. This is, like, a dramatization of the family life of the crown. But, like, yeah, I sure look, the, the, the old Brits again, huh? They're... They're always at it. I tell you what, this podcast isn't for king and country. This is for Cannon County. We're going to get stuck <laughs> in the and, uh, You dirty. Oh, look. I, I had that one in the back pocket all week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, Owen, let's get fucking stuck straight into it. Um, what's your first can of the week um, oh. from what county? Oh, God. Uh, uh, right. So, yeah, uh, I, I suppose I'll give you my little backstory on it that... Um, I was having, uh, so this actually happens with us. Uh, we don't have these uh, planned, well, we have it semi-planned out what we're going to drink on the night, but we don't have planned out what order we're going to drink it, drink them in or what we're going to talk about in order or whatever like that. Um, but I was having a pizza there tonight and I was like, what are going well now with this pizza? So I said, oh, I'll go for a lager. I haven't had a lager in ages. Like we're we're drinking pale ales to bait the band on this, like you know, and uh, well, just in general, I suppose since the summer, and we've tipped into stout season. But lagers are just kind of a, a forgotten, um, a forgotten category of beer, like really, aren't they? And um, so I went for um, Saint Mel's Brewing Company from County Longford, um, and it's their Guanso thirst quenching light lager so this bad boy is um a four percenter right and yeah just really light refreshing and like do you know it, it's uh, we've spoken about like bridging beers and uh those kind of gateway beers and stuff the whole time as well like you know and like this is like a hundred percent like this is on this is like the taste of this is on the macro side of brewing like you know it is definitely it doesn't have like that the punchiness of a pale ale it doesn't have like the that flavorsome but it does have that like really light refreshing like you know you're drinking a lager when you're drinking this um but yeah it was lovely it was lovely just to have that like kind of light beer with um with the pizza for dinner like and yeah really like definitely definitely sessionable like you know you definitely pick up um a six pack of them actually uh kira was um asking me there earlier on if we were going to a festival now what beer would you bring to a festival you reckon that's it do you well no I, well i'm saying that 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 is an option like you know but i was just like saying like you know you wouldn't like if you were going to a festival now you wouldn't want to be tipping into like a big pile of like pale ales and stuff like you know you wouldn't want to be going well you definitely wouldn't want your eight percenters like no no there's no way you'd be on an imperial stout all weekend at a festival but um yeah that's that's a good one like and um i suppose it's ideal like that that's an ideal beer style or, or type of beer to go with a pizza or with like you know pasta or that kind of food like you know it's real just nice crisp lager is, is always always goes down well yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, and um, yeah, I've just yeah, I've just have re like really enjoyed it. Like, you know, 
um and yeah highly recommend it like you know um really cool like artwork as, as well on the old the old saint mills i don't know if this has come up yeah but like what, what are they called again croziers is it croziers oh, i haven't a clue i don't know they'll but, but hop, in the, I, hop in the middle of it hop in the middle of it yeah, yeah. um but yeah um, i'd say saint mel was a devil for the beer actually oh, i'd say so i'd say so um they, they, they're they're actually they're a brewery that i only kind of really came to know through the virtual beer festival and um when they actually i think that the owner and the head brewer were on the very first one um and like they're like they've got they've got some really good beers like real classic styles you know they don't nothing too mad like just top really high quality top notch classic styles yeah exactly um yeah like you'd be a hundred percent um you'd be hundred percent like I it, they're they're the perfect I'd say like restaurant beer remember we were kind of talking about this like a yeah. while ago um of like uh, breweries and stuff featuring in restaurants and like I definitely think they're they're a perfect one that if you had their um like their catalog of beers like in a in a restaurant like you definitely like i think it'd be very well matched for 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 them um but that's enough about the beer now right we're we're going on to the these these stories this is the main thing that everyone is wants to listen to like you know and tell, 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 tell me a few a few stories about longford so I <laughs> Longford, like, what am I going to say about Longford? Not much, really. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> what I am going to say is that I went searching through the RTE archives there today, right? And um, there was um, a news um, a newscast from 1965, right, of this fella who went. His name is Joe Tuffy, T-U-F-F-Y, right? And he went from Longford to Dublin on a steamroller. And it took him three days to get from, uh, from Longford to Dublin. And there's this great... So if you look up, um, I think... Was, uh, so it's uh, Longford to Dublin by Steam is the name of the article. So if you look it up, there's um, a video clip of him uh, going on... Uh, on the steamroller <laughs> your man like your man is still on the steamroller and he's driving along but he's so slow like that the rte like newscaster fella is able to like run along beside him and like hop up onto the steamroller and interview him while he's going um but the gas thing about it is that um they uh, so your man interviews him and your man's like oh you know how long do you have left now to get to dublin and he's like oh, i've you know 26 mile left or whatever and uh your man is like uh, and like will you get there tonight you're like ah, around then or so like you know um but throughout the whole thing your man never asks him why he's got a steamroller from longford to dublin like so i think it's still like a big mystery uh like the these this RT archives thing is like looking for people to shed any light on it, why why any why this man was traveling from uh, Longford to Dublin on a steamroller. So, um, if any of our listeners uh, know um, uh, Joe uh, Tuffy from Longford um, from 1965 who owned a steamroller, uh, please get in contact and and uh, 
I don't know, I suppose we'll pass that to RT or something. When we, we, want, we want to tell his full story. <laughs> yeah, we want, yeah. We, want, we want to have a point with him. We're, we're actually moving into investigative journalism. Like, uh, I, I'm not really sure what we could offer investigative journalism, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I, I know maybe our... Um, Maybe if we had like a few cans in us, our inhibitions would be removed and we'd be able to like, you know, follow leads that you wouldn't otherwise think of. Or maybe all investigative journalists just love going on the Raz anyway. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my uh, Longford beer and story. Um, DJ, what are you tipping into? Give me your can and your county. So, uh, similar to you, I'm, I've actually just tipped into my fourth can beer, uh, so <laughs> I'm well on the way. <laughs> um, but I started off, um, so, right, here's the thing. I have some I have some banker counties left, you know, for kind of the last week, and I've got some good beers in that. So I was, I'm delving in now to like the difficult counties, the counties where there either isn't a brewery and there was or whatever. So I was, I basically have my four beers picked for this week. And I was like, I I looked at them in terms of drinkability from ease from I suppose easiest to to I suppose most potent like hardest hitting. And I was like, I'll work my way up from the easiest onwards. So I got um I got from County Meath, um, Boyne Brewhouse uh, Pale Ale. Now, Boyne Brewhouse actually this year have been taken over by the Carroll Brewing Company O'Hara's, um. So I'm not sure what lines uh, Carlo a Brewing Company are keeping on. So this could be a rarity. Like there mightn't be many of these left. I'm not sure what the crack is with it. But um, I actually have a little bit of a story about how I how I drank it. So uh, Neve was here and she was like, do you want anything? I, I, I was like, look, throw me out that Boyne Brewhouse Pale Ale from the fridge there and I'll drink that. So like I cracked it open and I had a little smell of it. And I was like... Jesus, it's a pale ale, but it's like a malty smell. I wonder, is it going to be kind of like a, a lager or, or that, or like like similar? Like, is it going to be pilsnery? I poured it out and I took a sip and I was like, you know, in the way, like we're not professional beer testers. We, we're not beer judges. We don't have that um, instinct, I suppose, that, that some of these other podcasters and, and bloggers do. Like, we're just charlatans who... Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am speaking for <laughs> here. We're the Charlotte, like, fucking, like, like a bit of crack and like going on having a few beers and kind of, we, we've kind of accidentally fallen out this incredible craft beer pot. But um, so, so I was like smelling it and I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, I was being all like proper beer tasting, like taking down notes of what I tasted and everything. So I was like, I'd written down like, there's like a zesty fruit, but it's not lemon. It's not lime. It's not like overly it's not that bit of citrusy i was like it i was like it's fucking grapefruit isn't it um and i i i was like this is actually quite pleasant because it's really light crisp refreshing pale ale it's not you know it's not like the pale ales that you taste where like it's just like bang hoppy like real heavy citra Um, it's different to that it's kind of lighter it's a bit it's a bit like i suppose um yeah it's 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 probably less complex um but i i was like it's, it's grapefruit so i was like the next thing i was like i look up what they what it says itself so it was like um 
like a barley malted aroma and a pink grapefruit taste. So I was like, Neve, look, 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 look. This is exactly how we described the spirit here a few minutes ago. And she just looked at me and was like, I wasn't fucking listening to what you were saying. So I was like, I have someone to back me up to say that I actually tasted the beer right. Um, but yeah, it's a very nice beer, really nice. It's um, like, I suppose it's a brewery now that has been um, merged with another one. So I'm not sure. Um, well, actually, I'll tell the story of a, a brewery that's open in me later on, which represents another county because of, of the similar business dealings that you're talking about as we get into more complicated territory with this um, with this crack. But 4.8% is really light for a 4.8% as well. And it's it's very drinkable. Um, if you come across a bottle, like it's worth, it's it's definitely worth having in the fridge. It's definitely like good for starting off a few. If you what's, want. The, what's the name of it again? Boyne Brew, Brew House what? Boyne Brew House Pale Ale. Pale Ale, um, okay. Ca- classic naming. I love it. <laughs> don't be messing around with any, don't be messing around with any like naming or anything like that. Just call it a Pale Ale. Yeah, well, I love I love some of the names. I'm not gonna lie, but um, just for those watching on the YouTube, there you can see um, you can see a mirror image of the bottle. Um, yeah, it's, if you see it on in, in a fridge somewhere. Ah, look, it's worth picking up. Um, it actually it actually won a great taste award in 2016. I can see why it's it's a lovely tasting beer, um, and it's it's got great clarity in the taste. Like even I could taste what it was supposed to taste like. Um, but it's from County Mead. Mead actually is a really cool county in terms of history-wise. Um, like, there's not much going on there today, I gather. But, like, back in the day, it was, like, the epicenter of an awful lot of what went on in ancient Ireland. Um, and just to give a bit of context to this, the Irish the, the, the Irish language word for province is Cuiga, which basically means five. Oh, or five I like, of. I like where this is going. And there's four provinces in Ireland. Munster, Leinster, Connacht and Ulster. So where is the fifth from? Well, actually, Owen, I'm glad that you asked that. <laughs> Mead, Westmead, and parts of Cavan were their own province back in the day. And like it makes perfect sense because the Hill of Tara is in Mead, and that's where the ancient high kings of Ireland were crowned um, back in the day, back back when Finn Dwyer was a young fella. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Finn? And... Um, it does like you know the, there's there's some great stuff there about mead historically and um, trim castle is really worth checking out if you're ever in that area that's where where a lot of braveheart was actually filmed so all the castle scenes in braveheart were filmed in trim castle um i do believe um and also that the boyne valley is like the largest um has the largest concentration of megalithic carved stone art um oh. so there were lands knocking about mead a long long time you know uh, an awful long time, like long longer than Sean Boylan was the Mead senior football manager for. Um, it's not longer than that. <laughs> well, tell you now, you say that, but he's he's young in Mead in, in Mead terms, and you also have like Newgrange is obviously this really world famous um, Neolithic tomb um, that like you know the sun only shines in the tomb at the winter winter solstice in some sort of mad fucking engineering feat of four thousand years ago. That um, many many uh, conspiracy theorists would le- leave you to believe uh, that the tomb was actually built by aliens. Um, if you look into, if you go down that 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 part of Twitter or not yeah. Twitter, fucking well, yeah, probably Twitter, but Twitter Google, all, yeah. um, it's definitely there as well. And uh, oh, is there a man from the cores? Is he he's into that as well, isn't he? The aliens and stuff. 
Jim Core. Is he he's is he big into the aliens? Core, or is that Jim? Or is yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say Coronas for a second. I was like, oh no, no, the co- the cores, no. Yeah, he, he he loves an old fucking. He loves a conspiracy theory. He probably is into the aliens, all right. Um, he probably thinks like five G is made by the aliens and the lizard people or something. Um, <laughs> but actually, um, Mead, Mead is the only place in Leinster with a great hooked as well, and it has two of them. So Honda Mead, uh, a great old spot, and uh, yeah, a place that loads of our lads used to knock around. Love it. <laughs> so what's your second beer in County on? Uh, right. Oh, Jesus. Hold on now. I need to. Oh, yeah. Right. So um, uh, this is a beer that has featured before on the uh, podcast. And um, it is from County Westmead. Can you guess what it is? Teeny Tiny. Yeah. Good man. Um, yeah, it's I, Teeny I Tiny. Because like, um, like Dead Center Brewing and Westmead are like just an absolute powerhouse of a brewery and i was like i know how much we both love teeny tiny in fact we love it so much that finn dwyer i just slagged off bought some because we rant on about it so much and loved it too himself yeah i could have stole some of your bit there sorry no 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 I, no it wasn't uh, i actually kind of forgot for you track. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you um but yeah like i actually i think i think i love this beer so much that i actually haven't uh, branched out much into any of their other line which is obviously a mistake because if i love one beer why wouldn't i try the other ones but it's one that i just keep going back to um and uh at the before we started recording you asked me um or i said i think i said i'm on, i'm going on to my fourth beer now and you said oh brilliant stuff you'd be well on it now like you know but actually like i started off with that four percent lager and then i came on to this teeny tiny, which is a 3.3% um, uh, can, uh, 440 mil can. So like, you know, I think going back to that kind of festival session, uh, like the teeny tiny actually would probably be the perfect festival beer to bring. Like, I think it would be like, it, it, it's absolutely so fucking gorgeous to taste and like it is um it's it's just so sessionable as well like you know it has that kind of like it has like kind of like a sweet taste and kind of hint of malt and stuff as well with it um and like um i just think as well for like the like so i suppose before right we've we've spoken about like so those like like those imperial stouts right and we've had like you were kind of talking about some of uh the stouts you had what did you you had watch called there during the week you had wicklow wolf and s'mores s'mores, yeah apex s'mores right which is eight percent is that what you said eight percent and it's one of the best drinks i've ever had i'd say and before we started here you were saying that um that eight percent can uh, you wouldn't realize that it is an eight percenter right teeny tiny i think has the opposite effect right that it's a 3.3 percenter but like it packs a punch in that in that like s- small percentage and and that like 
you know, it gives you obviously it's not going to get you manual because it doesn't, it won't have that amount. You know, it's not, a, it's not a tricky, but it gives the taste, I think, of uh, a full body kind of alcoholic beer. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it kind of gives you that kind of like real beery taste, which obviously it is. But like, like I think it's a solid can, and for like such a low percentage, well, like definitely, probably the apex to Rob Wicker was terminology, but the apex sessionable can. Yeah, I think, I think like that's, that's when, when I think of teeny tiny, um, I think it's like, it's the bridge between those super session pale ales and session pale ales. Like it's the, it's, it, it's just that fucking absolute humdinger that meets all, like what do you want from a fruity pale ale? And it ticks every box, like lovely balance, hoppy as you say you get the malt underlying it's just a fucking smashing beer everyone should drink it everyone uh, Ed, no that is right that is that is the correct from sentence on. from now on you can't call a breakfast a full irish unless you have a tea with it <laughs> yeah. otherwise it's just an irish it's just a fry <laughs> it's only full irish if you've got a teeny tiny with it you're dead right man you're dead right like um and like i'd love to know where the name came from as well the teeny tiny Someone yeah. get on to us. That's like, that's great. And like, like I, I don't know. Like, you, don't you see like that? Like that, that Citra Eldorado and Idaho Seven. Like, it's it's a quality combination, isn't it? Like, you know, you see it like in a good few places, and like every time you see her, like this is going to be a quality beer. Like, no well, matter what. I remember off Mike having a conversation with um, Declan Nixon, the from Otterbank Brewing, Yellow Belly Brewing Company. And like Beck banging on about Idaho Seven about two and a, two two two. How long are we doing this podcast? About two years ago, uh, Declan was absolutely banging on about Idaho Seven as a hop. So like, you can see why. Um, you know when it's used in beers, then and and, and quality brewers and quality breweries like Dead Center are using it, that it's fucking knocking it out of the park. Then that it is, that it is contributing to a beer that is just universally loved i haven't come across a single person who doesn't love this beer um and it was an absolute knockout uh at the first virtual beer festival and honestly if you come across it it's such it's such a discreet and i suppose almost underwhelming can mm. it's a really smart like simple design of a can it's just a little the little dead center kind of google map icon yeah, it's kind of like nearly a kind of like a marble yeah. kind of effect on the can, like. Yeah. Um, um, and, and like, as well, like, right. Actually, we didn't do this. Um, we didn't do this on purpose. Um, again, because we're, we're completely unplanned. But I just did Meath, and now you've done Westmeath, um, part of the old fifth province. Um, which actually, yeah, if you think about it, when you're speaking the Irish language, it just goes to show, um, it just goes to show how great and ancient Irish language is that if you say uh, the four provinces in the Irish language, you say the Kerakuiga, which basically directly translates to the four fives. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like uh, that as well. Come here. Any crack with Westmead? Yeah. So um, the I Irish for province yeah. is uh, Kui. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, imagine you had like totally robbed my one. I was just like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
again, right? I actually, um, I actually, I went down, um, I went down a, a rabbit hole of um, kind of going through um, newspaper archives. Uh, so I was at, uh, during, I was in the RTE archives initially, but um, I went into the Irish Times um, archives, which um, if anybody has, um, um, if anybody has a um, membership or whatever subscription, I suppose for the Irish Times, it's well worth doing. Like there's some really like cool stuff from um, like the past, but this is an article from 1908, right from Westmead, and it is called um, a strange Westmead report, right? So this, I'll, I'll just read out the, it's, 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 it's so cool, I think, as well, like looking back on these things where like, you know, um, like the, the, it's like all they've done is just like taken the clipping and put it onto the, onto the page. So you're reading like a photograph of the page. They don't have it like cut out or anything. They just have the actual clipping um, as the text was in the paper, like, you know, so um I suppose thanks to Google or whoever the hell is doing those things, like um, of uh, of um, of taking those those snippets of old books and kind of digitizing uh, um, digitizing them. I feel like Finn Dwyer now. Actually, this th- that man is getting a <laughs> shout out for every can on this. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the National Newspaper Archive. <laughs> We're giving away um, a year subscription to the Irish Newspaper Archives. Yeah, <laughs> just. Yeah, at the checkout, use promo code FINDWIRE. Anyway, right, I'll read it out there. So um, this article is called um, A Strange Westmead Report. So in North Westmead, especially Delvin District, an odd story was told on Friday. It runs that a strange creature has been observed for some days in the district of Killock, which is between Killoughan and Delvin. Several persons, mostly children from the school, are reported to have seen it, and they describe it as a little creature resembling a man of dwarfish proportions, clad in a red jacket and suiting the traditional description of a leprechaun. The most peculiar thing about the matter is that it is stated that um, as soon as one of the school children called the attention of comrade to the creature, the informant ceased to see it, whilst the informed could clearly observe it. So basically, so just to, just to reiterate that sentence there, is that a school, a school child who had seen the leprechaun called over their mate, right? And then as soon as they call her mate over, the, per, the original child who had seen it stopped seeing it and the mate now starts seeing it, right? Anyway, to continue on this article, the reported appearance has caused much conjecture and not a little excitement in the district. Many are inclined to regard the creature as a monkey escaped from the care of some traveling organ grinder. And if it can be observed at close quarters, it may prove to be such. However, the more fanciful are inclined to invest it with a far more mysterious and uncanny character. So I thought that was just a really cool um, uh, little kind of um, snippet um, from the paper there in in 1908. And um, 
they, the Irish Times does have a little bit as well about uh, about this. Um, so basically, uh, they're saying it would be easy to disregard a report of this nature as kind of early 20th century, um, like kind of um, gimmicky uh, news report. But they were actually saying that like around this time that like folklore and superstitions were very much embedded in the Irish psyche at the time, you know. So... Um, they're saying as well that folklore centric stories were uh, appearing in newspapers throughout um, the 1890s in different forms. And that there's obviously um, there was the very famous story of where superstition spilled over into a, a, a terrible incident involving Bridget Cleary which I am sure, I think you're familiar with, Darren. Um, Bridget Cleary, who was killed by her husband, Michael, at Ballyvalet in County Tipperary after he accused her of being a changeling, um, believing that his actual wife was kidnapped by fairies and replaced, and she was burned alive by her husband. Um, and like, I, like, and the, she is known as the, colloquially, as the last uh, witch to be burned in Ireland. Um, but... Yeah, I just I just thought like that little kind of like that kind of uh, that snippet and that the fact that um you you know you might think that this was like a little kind of gimmicky um fun story or whatever, but actually it was you know it's probably like a um a semi serious I suppose uh, news report at the time in Ireland. And I think like you know obviously the like the function of this podcast in terms of snowcast is like pub chat. Mm. And this is the kind of thing that, like, if you brought this up on a high stool wheat in an Irish pub, if we were in Phil Grimes tonight, if we were in fucking a pub in rural Leash or a pub in Westmead, and you started talking about this, um, we'd delve into chats about changelings. And I suppose mm. just for, like, we have a lot of American listeners um, and listeners in the UK, basically, to explain quickly what a changeling was, um, so fairies, you might hear I've heard of fairy forts and um, and Nishi, which are are basically the fairies. Fairies in Irish folklore are not fucking nice. Um, they're not like Tinkerbells. Um, they're these uh, mythical creatures who come and steal the identity of your loved one and leave behind someone. So it was this kind of it's 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 very difficult to explain without sounding like a lunatic yourself. And actually, I'd advise everyone who wants to know more about fairies and fairy forts and changelings and stuff like that to go and listen to. There's a, a, a legendary storyteller who's in his 70s now. Eddie Lenehan has a little podcast series called Tell Me a Story. And he's got this magical Kerry, North Kerry accent. Um, and he, he, he does. He goes into folklore and stories about the fairies and changelings. And um, yeah, that's fucking brilliant. That's a fascinating story. But like. I love all that shit about changelings and fairies and fairy forts. And like, I think we still have that. Like I, I'm telling you, like there are so many stories out there that there's no way I'd go fucking about with a fairy fort or messing. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Well, it's like, there's like, there's still that kind of, um, uh, rollover, uh, folklore and stuff. And like, some of it is unintended. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm, probably i'm 90 percent sure that um the girl's name shifra means like a changeling doesn't it like or like a fairy changeling i think yeah, shifra I 
I think it it's means like, like of the fairies. Of the fairies, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like that kind of like um, uh, I think that rollover of like folklore that's still there, and uh, you know, it's probably being lost somewhat. The actual intention of of um, the, the meanings and stuff like that, but like the fact that we still have that kind of roll uh, around. Um, actually, I'm listening to a podcast at the moment on Greek mythology and mythos by um, Stephen Fry. And like literally like every sentence is like, and um, the word for geology is derived from the Greek god Gaia. And like, you know, it's just like every single sentence is like, we still use so many words that are like derived from like these ancient mythical creatures. Like, But even at that, I think like so much of like Irish folklore and still like has such an influence today in in society like you know halloween originated in ireland actually if i go back to mead my last county halloween originated mead similarly um talking about fairies right if you think about that story of the the fairies coming along and um basically stealing children and leaving behind changelings like think about what peter pan is peter pan is a child-friendly version of fucking changelings coming like yeah true oh. yeah um it's it, that's exactly what it is and it's like the irish influence on literature and storytelling on folklore telling worldwide is huge um i suppose moving on to my second beer then uh, provided you have no more information on <laughs> no 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 <laughs> uh, for more information on changelings but not Westmead, check out any linehan's tell me a story and um, i'm moving on to county kilkenny the i'm currently sitting in county kilkenny um no, you're not. You're sitting in Philippines pub. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, I'm sitting in Philippines pub, Modford. But later on, I'll be getting a taxi and going home to. For for her audio listeners, uh, <laughs> our virtual background are still Davy Max pub for me and Phil Grimes for DJ. Yeah, we're trying to keep some consistency here. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm in I'm sitting in uh, Phil Grimes pub in County Kilkenny in Sleebrew, mm-hmm. and then I'm I'm. So representing Kenny, I've chosen beer-wise. The choice was between Costello's Brewery and O'Sullivan's Brewery. And O'Sullivan's are brewing in Dublin. Um, and they have a tap room in Kilkenny City and it's great. And they have some nice beers. Uh, but I really felt like to represent Kilkenny, which has a huge brewing tradition, we need to try and get a beer from the only brewery that is actively brewing in Kilkenny in 2020. Um, and actually, it paused brewing during the pandemic. So I had a can of Sullivan's and I was going to use it. But I went into, um, it's funny how like Worldwide Wines are brilliant. Um, like O'Brien sorted me out for that buying brew house in Arkeen as well. And Arkeen stores, like they, they've been so good to us. That like Epicenter has been brilliant. And we kind of maxed out at about 20 beers from breweries and counties from them and now we've had to extend to beer clouds and um, websites distributors in northern ireland and everything um but just coming home from work on on wednesday i pulled in and dropped into the local carry out in Ferrybank, and there was a couple of cans of costlos beyond the tail oh. in the fridge and it's a it's it's a brilliant pale ale. It's featured on this podcast four or five times. Uh, the couple of times that we've been to Kilkenny to record um, in Billy Burns' pub, um, 
in no, Coslos. Yeah, yeah, original in Coslos, <laughs> Coslos and stuff. You know, and it's a it's a it's a real beer that you go you will go to if you see it. Um, so it was great to get a can. It's it's like a tropical pale ale. You know, it's 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 a, it's a typical pale ale, but it's got tropical notes to it. Um, and it's 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 really really enjoyable. It's um, it's four point four percent. Um, and yeah, similar to what you were talking about earlier on. Um, in terms of pale ales, it's not overly hoppy. It's not overly citrusy or fruity. It's subtle, and there's definitely uh, a malt. Um, background throughout when you're drinking it so it's quite it's pleasant to drink really really nice it's well balanced and and just yeah what i love about costlos is everything is the whole process is entirely reliant on natural processes natural um occurrences and natural ingredients like they're really they're really um environmentally conscious uh, up there in Costello's Brewing Kenny. so it's just a top-notch brewery um, with some really really good beers they've just got like their staple range they don't tend to do um, new releases every month like some other breweries and manage to get out like they really focus on less is more is kind of their brewing philosophy I think Yeah. in terms of ingredients in terms of the process and in terms of what they produce that they produce, consistently produce at a really high standard so um and as well, like we've met um, their Costellos, we've met the family, and they're fucking dead sound. They fed us for the day and plowed yeah. us to drink. Yeah, yeah. And like, even as I said um, on episode one or episode two of this of this series, um, how like the Costellos, like um, Red Ale, was just like a game changer in terms of actually appreciating a, a red ale um for me um and yeah just like as as you're saying there that core range and like perfecting that and you know having like those like those vats there just like churning out those like amazing amazing beers and like yeah beyond the pale ale in um I, well, I think the first time I had it was in the hole in the wall, maybe, uh, or I might have had it in Billy Burns as well. But yeah, whole, yeah, I, and I was just like, it was just so simple, like that one tap in there, and like you know, just like I like, it was just like, can I get a beer? It was pretty much what you were getting when you were getting that beyond the pale ale, like you know. And um, sometimes I actually think like, like the experience of getting something like that, or like going to a place that is only serving like a beer and stuff one beer and like that's it take it or leave it it's just it's just amazing sometimes isn't it like yeah. you know it's like a nice subtly subtly complex beer but in a completely uncomplicated setting yeah um, yeah and it's just like it's there to complement the crack as opposed to you know what i mean 100 percent, isn't it yeah like um yeah it's like that 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 day in there like I actually think like a place like that, that hole in the wall, um, they couldn't serve a Heineken because uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be complex enough, as you say. It wouldn't it wouldn't tell the story of the place mm. that uh, a Heineken wouldn't, wouldn't tell the story of there, like you know. Whereas like a, a Kilkenny brewery is the only thing that would match that place, like you know. Yeah, and I think like like obviously Smithix is synonymous with Kilkenny, and you know. It's obviously brewed now, and I think it's brewed in St. James's Gate now in Dublin. And you know, yeah. it's, 
it, 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 there was a big mass um, loss of employment in Kilkenny City when Smithwick's moved out of it. So I think for the Hole in the Wall, which is a pub that basically is from the 16th century, was obviously closed for a while, it's been reopened. It's this really cool drinking experience um, that like you literally have to be like dragged to, to find it. Um, mm. You have to go down a side alley and it's just, it literally is a little hole in the wall that you go through yeah. um, to get into it. And what I think here is like back in the days where the hole in the wall was an alehouse in medieval Kilkenny. And this segues me beautifully on to talking about Kilkenny as a city. Because um, I know we're talking about counties, but to be honest, I think Kilkenny as a city is fascinating and what we're talking about uh, is like when the hole in the wall was founded in the 16th century, you're not going like, it's not like you would get a beer that was produced in Dublin there. So I think it's only fitting that they have a beer that is made and produced down the road because it, it, it like you said, it talks to the history of the pub and also the history of the city. Like I said, it's a medieval city. Um, and it's one of these mad cities that obviously because Finn Dwyer of the Irish History Podcast again to bring Finn in who's been prevalent throughout this episode uh, he lives in community city. <laughs> I'm going to have to I'm going to have to try and fit into my other beers <laughs> yeah I know how are we going to do it Grant like Kilkenny's an easy one because literally like he lives in Kilkenny and he's he's from Castle Comer in, in just outside Kilkenny City so he's very knowledgeable on it so he's got an awful lot of like Patreon only podcasts or like little mini podcasts about the history of Kilkenny. So it's well documented on Finn's podcast. Like, check him out if you don't already. Um, but the fact that, like, Kilkenny is, of all the, the because, like, Waterford City almost predates medieval times, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the oldest city in Ireland. So it's got that, like, you know, even pre-medieval vibe to it. Like, you know, you've got, you've literally got still, like, rem- remnants of, Norman times um, and like it does have a medieval city boundary wall still standing apart but like it's almost like it's not the prevalent thing the prevalent thing is the Norman Tower um, and then you go to like Cork which is you know Cork as a city is post medieval Dublin was a Viking settlement you know Limerick was a Viking settlement but Kilkenny is that like quintessential medieval city in Ireland and like it's uh, oh, uh- Apologies about that um, technical breakdown on uh, the snowcast side there. Um, we were having some, uh, we were having some technical difficulties. I, tell the truth, like you're famous amongst the, us and our close friends for your fucking teeny tiny bladder. Talking about teeny tiny from fucking Pitson. <laughs> You've got teeny tiny from View Mountain. Waterford. All right, all right. You were halfway through a sentence and I had to pause you so I could, yeah. so I could go to the jacks. Um, yeah, I think I was, I was talking about how Kilkenny is known as the marble city because in medieval times, like it was, the, the majority of the city was constructed with black marble and like an awful lot of the black marble is still really prevalent today in the city. Um, and like one of my favorite spots to go for a pint, especially late night pint in Kilkenny. Um, I think the hole in the wall is brilliant for day drinking as is Billy Burns that we featured in the podcast and I always like to promote. But um, Kittler's Inn is a great spot. Oh, we, actually, we were there in February um, back when pubs were a thing. Um, we were in Kittler's Inn. We had one pint there, didn't we? Yeah. We had one point yeah. there with um, Ian and Mark, was it? My two brothers. Yeah. Um, we were going suit fitting for my wedding that never happened until six months later. Um, and Kittler's Inn is this incredible pub. Like it's it's named after um, Alice Kittler, who's this incredible, um, incredible character from Irish history who was tried and, um, and convicted of being a witch 
back in medieval times. Um, and it's re- report. I I think I don't think it's even reported. I think it actually is where she lived. Um, and Kidler's Inn is this like it's still like even the the downstairs, which is the kind of nightclubish area. It's, it's like all cold stone down there still, you know, they haven't done too much with the place. It's really well preserved. And like, when you go around there during the day, if you like, if you look at the, the tables by the stairs going to the upstairs section of the bar or out towards going around towards the toilets on the main kind of floor. And even at that, like it's a real medieval building still because the main floor isn't just a flat surface. It's like hobbles up and down. And if you go down steps to go across, to go up more steps to go to the toilets across from the bar, it's mm. a bit like, and you have to go up steps to get in to it. Like it's, I love those little nooky places. So yeah. cool. Like, it's all full of crannies, that place. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, but there's some cool stories. So there's it, uh, my one, one thing I absolutely love from Kittler's Inn, and it's reported that Alice Kittler still not haunts, but her, her spirit, um, her spirit still resides in the in the bar where she lived and grew up and and like she was a very powerful woman in medieval ireland in kilkenny um a very powerful woman and, and uh, actually finn does have a little mini series on alice kittler and um, like her story is well known within kilkenny and within the southeast of ireland um but like she got so powerful that like basically it's believed that the witch hunt against her was a conspiracy theory um from jealous rivals and like she had, she had a couple of husbands and like shit was happening to them. And then she'd like catch her eye on another lad and like her husband would have a freak accident and die. And then she'd be able to marry this new rich lad or whatever. You know, there was all these kind of shenanigans going on. Um, and, but this American family were over um, in Kilkenny a couple of years ago, like maybe 15, 20 years ago now at this stage. And they, were in the bar having a bit of food and a couple of drinks and they were asking the bar about you know this is so old and like when you think about it Kittler's Inn is older than the United States of America so like you know they're asking all about all the history and everything so they take a few pictures around the place of themselves in this really old bar and they come back a couple of years later with the pictures to the bar staff and they show the bar staff and going up the stairs behind them in several pictures is a shadow like a figure going up the stairs and it's clear as day in the pictures because they gave the pictures to the bar those pictures are actually on the steps and the story is told by the steps and the person who took the pictures that worked in the bar was still in the bar at the time and said like i can vividly remember that there wasn't anyone else there at the time like it was just you guys the upstairs was closed so no one would go up there and they were like standing in front of the stairs and like there was a rope so like a person would have had to stop, open the rope and go up. And I think whatever way the dates are, they're kind of saying like, it would be almost impossible to fudge with pictures at that time. time. Yeah. So, you know what? Like, you know, I think we should definitely do a podcast at some stage on ghosts. Oh, I love it. Maybe a ghost dog hybrid podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But but I think like um, I think we've touched on this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I do think there's I I think there's definitely something more to explore in there and getting into another like conspiracy rabbit hole. I think we will worth doing. But yeah, apparently she was wrongly tried as a witch and burnt at the stake, I believe. Yeah. And that's just part of Kilkenny's medieval history. It's brilliant. And um, there's actually something else um that is in the local folklore that I'm not sure how true this is, but 
definitely it's probably like an over imaginative um i suppose snowball effect of storytelling in the local area um out just beyond the castle so kilkenny castle is this big massive like amazing medieval castle castle on the riverbank it really has to be seen in real life to be believed um it, it's incredible and as you walk out the road above the castle between say the left bank would be a very well-known bar in kilkenny so between the castle and the left bank as you walk out that road away from kilkenny city you come into like kind of just the the suburbs for want of a better phrase or the houses on the outskirts of kilkenny city and there's one right turn after the big long castle walls you come to um there's a couple of housing uh, kind of not housing estates there's a couple of a series of houses on the left um, a series of off roads with houses on them on the left and then on the right there's a little green patch with a wall of it and a hill going up and a big massive old tree with a big um with a big um bow hanging out over the slope down towards the road okay yeah and that was the hanging tree until hanging people became um, outlawed in Ireland. So there were hundreds of people hanged from that tree. And I know people, I genuinely know people who lived and grew up in the houses around there. And they say, like, they wonder, is it like an acoustic phenomenon of the wind around there? But people will be like lying in their bed at night and will hear screams in the middle of the night. Oh, God basically and for some reason the council has never gone near this greenery where the basically the hanging tree and when they'd cut the rope the bodies would fall down this um, piece of grass down the hill yeah down the hill onto this flat oh, bit that comes out to where the road is now but that bit of greenery has never been touched and there's houses all around it and of people, course they haven't touched it who touched I, that that i wouldn't i wouldn't I, go near it I, I wouldn't fucking put a swing up in that tree for love no money um, <laughs> imagine putting a swing on it i think i think that kind of and again it comes into like we thought we've talked so much about we talked on this podcast already this week about folklore about storytelling about um we talked on previous pandemics about uh, Shanna Keys and Kerry and the Irish language and how like um, you know the English language in Ireland is is basically like Anglo how 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 what do they call it? Hiberno English has developed and stuff like that it's all linked and that storytelling is vibrant in Kilkenny City like if you talk to the right people in Kilkenny City and if you like genuinely take the time to look at the displays in the pubs and bars and the medieval buildings there are some fucking fascinating stories there. Like there could, might be a word of truth in them, but it's great crack. I know, yeah, and that, yeah, that is like touching back on that whole folklore thing. Like you know, it's in, it's 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 you know, it's storytelling to its finest. And if that finest means that you're uh, deviating from the truth, then so be it, because you've told a better story. Like you know, and and. Yeah, it's it's it, it it's it's amazing, and just I have w- one point on Kittler's Inn as well is just the placement of Kittler's Inn within um, Kilkenny is just amazing. Like it's just it, it, again going back to that medieval city um, of uh, cobblestones everywhere, old kind of stone walls that kind of you know the exposed. Uh, old grey brickwork it's not like the 
the red industrial re uh, revolution brickwork that you see in the likes of Liverpool or whatever. It's the old grey hand, the handmade stone yeah, uh, buildings that are around, and 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 it's that it's that little um, the butter slip that goes down to it as well. Like you know, it's 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 that little coming off the main street and like having to descend the staircases down an alley uh, down alleyways in order to get down to this lower kind of street as well. Like it's, you know, it, it, it's nearly like you're in a video game, like from set, you know. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, Assassin's Creed or something from years ago or something like that, you know, it's, it's amazing, like... Um, and it just yeah, it just it just fits in so well that 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 bar altogether. Yeah, like and again, just part of the southeast that any visitors to Ireland need to experience. Um, twenty counties down, twenty beers down, and um, I'm a clown trunk. Yeah, and if you've enjoyed the series so far, you need to go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and follow us and like our shite and interact with us because we absolutely fucking love feedback. We love people getting in contact. Um, and now we're going to take a quick pause for um, a word from our sponsors and or a song from ourselves. And uh, we'll be back after this. 
Who drinks cans of brown ale? Who drinks blacks of kinsale? We do, we do. Who blames yellow belly beer? The next morning waking with the fear. We do, we do. Who wants to Wicklow wolf it down? Who wants a pub in the town? We do, we do. And uh, welcome back, everyone, from a quick break where basically myself and Owen have plowed through our four beers and we were talking about the other beers we're drinking now. But look, we'll talk about them with you at a later date. The focus of this podcast is 32 counties and 32 beers. Before we get into it, Owen, um, people haven't heard us talk shite and ask each other stupid questions for a while. So I'm going to ask you a stupid question. Uh, Just to kind of get a bit of like that snugcast stupidity flowing again just to kind of warm us up before the post-pandemic uh world the new the new normal of the snowcast if you if you will um if you could go for a point with any sports person who's currently alive but retired who would it be well the thing about points is that you want the you want this good story don't you I'm going to caveat it with you can speak the same language of them. You just you just get given that gift pre-point. Oh, easy, easy then. Diego Maradona, one hundred percent, man. He is, yeah. Diego, Diego. <laughs> uh, I'd say like what like. Right, so first of all, you have just an amazing uh, sportsman, uh, just like and in, in, like incredible that whole that whole like World Cup campaigns that he had, incredible. Like you know, we just want to hear about those stories about those goals again against England. You want to hear about the hand of God. You want to just hear everything about that. Then you want to hear about Los Rogas. Well, and, I'm like I think. I really want to hear about Napoli. Like, what the fuck was it like there? Because oh, stop! Sure. Like, who is he talking to? Who organized that? Where did that all come from? Where, like, and then he won the fucking league with them. And, but, and then he won the league with them. Like, yeah. Uh, but also Los Drogas and Medellin. Medellin and Los Drogas. we need to tone this down a bit because I think poor. Actually, I genuinely think Diego's in the hospital at the moment. He had um he he had surgery on his brain, didn't he, or something? He yeah, had um he, he had, had a bleed. Did he have a bleed or something on his brain? Yeah, I don't know. or something. So, uh, listen, Diego. I think from from what I heard last, so everything went well with that surgery. Okay. But our thoughts are with Diego. Fingers crossed. And Diego Maradona in Mexico is one of the best, best. documentaries ever. Oh. Purely from an entertainment perspective, like. <laughs> And people, if you have no interest in soccer whatsoever, just watch it. Fucking gold! <laughs> what a character! What, what, a, what a character! Because I was thinking Ronaldinho. Um, oh yeah, that's like a good chef. Crack, and he seems like he'd love a pint. Oh but, yeah, yeah. We're thinking along similar lines. Yeah, um, actually, hold on. I just uh, just um, segue there from that. Um, I want to. So uh, we just came off an ad break there, right? And from listening to other podcasts um, like um, uh, the Blind Bite podcast, which is hosted by ACAST, Dave McWilliams podcast hosted by ACAST. Um, so what I've noticed or I've noticed from definitely the Blind Bite one is that he says that 
um, uh, like we're not choosing the advertiser for the podcast, right? So we actually don't know who is being advertised on the podcast. So I would love for anybody who's listening to this to please contact us because I'd love to know who uh, who ACAST thinks we are targeting and what the po- what the ad is targeting towards you because I was listening to the David Mac Williams one and they had Smidix advertising for ne- for for him so um, I want to know who's who's being targeted for us so please let us know on Twitter Instagram wherever the hell we'll we'll catch it um, and. Uh, who what 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 ad is being played um during our podcast it's definitely like do you want to join the royal army or the royal air force i know it will be put down your can and sign up today and you'll get 50 percent off your boots (laughs) anyways we won't be joining the royal air force we're too busy uh drinking lovely lovely pints and cans um owen what's your third can what's your third county the 21st can and county of the pandemic um so my third can and my third county um the the can the can represents the county because it is the kildare brewing company and i am drinking the lockdown ipa 2.0 so i think earlier on in when we were kind of uh starting off our zoom uh podcasts and stuff we had the lockdown IPA by Kildare Brewing Company. One of us uh, featured it on the podcast. I still have so, one. Do you? Yeah, it's over there in the kitchen. So anyway, I saw this bad boy in, um, oh, no, not O'Brien's. What's the other one? Carry Out in um, Naysayer the other day. And I, I picked it up. Um, and again, really cool, um, really cool looking can. It's um, it's kind of similar. Remember, I was telling you the other week, uh, the other week on um, the pandemic that Boundary had like these kind of like cool paintbrush strokes going across our can. Well, like again, this like Kill Their Broom Company is as if like someone just got like a canvas and just like threw a load of paint at the canvas and like. It's just really colorful, but like just really artistic as well. And it really stands out. Um, so yeah, um, but whatever about the can, the beer itself is savage. Like what an IPA. Really, really enjoyed it. Like it had like this, a, a really good, like kind of like really good, like punch to it as well. Um, it had like a, a hint of malt um a little bit sweet as well um and um it had like a small bit of like kind of sourness from like i say it was kind of like a passion fruity flavor um at the front of it as well um you know kind of like it, it hits you with that kind of passion fruit um at the start but like that kind of like quickly dissolved away so and then the like the the malt and stuff like kicked in afterwards but um Oh my God, what a, what a really good beer. But whatever about the beer, right? These boys, right, in the middle of a pandemic are going out of their way to release this beer. And what they're doing is 
they're sharing their profits with Mental Health Ireland on this beer. Like that is so sound. Like people struggling around, killer broom company themselves, I say, struggling as well in the middle of this. And like going along and like actually thinking of others and like splitting the profits with Mental Health Ireland. Like that is that is it's sensational. Like I think like Bula bus for for those boys. What do you think? That's a I think a lot of people talk about the need to improve mental health and all that and about to mind yourself. You know, a lot of people talk a good game. They're actually fucking doing it. They're like, and and, and they're not, obviously they want to promote it sort of because they want to raise as much funds as possible. They're not doing it for any self gain. Like this is genuine, genuinely care. The initial lockdown beer, they get the proceeds to Nays Hospital. Um, yeah. Which is a local hospital in Kildare nearest to you, their own, and to to, to Kildare Brewing Company. Um, just fucking brilliant people, brilliant people, and like we we had never come across them until basically lockdown. Yeah, and like Jesus, what were we missing out on? Like, and this is like ties into the pandemic series of us exploring breweries and counties that we never would have come across, and like drinking drinking draft in the southeast, you never would come across. Uh, Kildare Brewing Company because they they like from again podcast we mentioned the start of the podcast here the Irish Beer Snob podcast when they interviewed Barry and I think it's Brian from the Kildare Brewing Company they were saying that like they're they, instead of trying to distribute to worldwide or whatever and become these multi multi billionaires they're purely trying to provide quality beer to the local community mm. they, they intentionally target local off licenses and local pubs and that's their market and that's what they're going for and um that's their target business and they have locked tor- 13 brew pub there in Salins, um which you've been to and i haven't had the pleasure of being to yet and i can't wait to get to um the guys from um wayne and jan from their irish beer snow podcast like reliably inform me the chicken wings are incredible there they are and just like like a lot of these breweries their beer are great and i will talk up their beer to the hilt but we've been blessed through this podcast to get to know the likes of, of the Costellos, to get to know, you know, some of the people in Yellow Belly Beer, to get to know some people involved in the breweries. But when you get into what Kildare Brewing Company are doing, like, you cannot speak highly enough of them. No. Um, uh, yeah, I've been so enamored by them. And, uh, like, you know, it, it, it's not as if, like, they're turfing out, like, uh, uh, <laughs> A rubbish beer as well and like yeah. giving the proceeds to to charity like we've spoken like even pre lockdown 1.0 uh that beer and proceeds that went to nays uh general hospital um like we were like singing the praises about uh baby boom soldier island like there's there was there was so many yeah. beers that we were like what well, electric juice like like all of those beers were phenomenal like they were absolutely amazing and i'm so glad you said that because i was literally like i was like i have to jump in and talk about their core range like yeah. soldier island is a quality pale ale uh baby boom was an amazing mill south yeah an incredible fucking uh this tropical ipa yeah. Um, and then they have Van City, which is this mad hoppy bastard of a beer that's like six, six and a half percent. I think it's six percent. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's like an amazing beer. So hoppy. It reminds me of them. Um, do you remember Hopton Space that Yellowbelly had? Yeah, yeah. Period? And it's like that, but like just with super punch. Um, 
a fucking top-notch brewery that again they, they don't put it out there but they're on beer cloud and beer cloud deliver all over ireland and beer cloud deliver to the uk as well mainland uk so if you're listening to this in the uk or anywhere um, in mainland ireland outside of kildare try and make it your business to drink some kildare brewing company's beers because they fucking deserve the support yeah no they, they've been top drawer and um yeah as we say uh they're we're not like just like tooting their horn for no reason or for for char- for charitable reasons. Yeah. We're we're saying that like actually those beers are one of my favorites. Like yeah, I like I remember like that. Um, the first time I had that baby boom, I was like, oh my god, this is what a milk stout it is and what it should be. Like it's so good. Like um, my like the 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 one time one time or two times one one time i think i've been out to the pub uh during the kind of lockdown period and like it's been amazing like just to have like the the quality of food like the everything about our place is amazing and like having that brewery on site and like the fresh beers everything that are being given to you anybody in the kildare region as well should go there whenever uh things settle down and you know you're able to get food and drink and stuff from there it's so good and actually what well, props to them as well i think for the, the fact that when everyone everything was kicking off with uh home delivery of beers and stuff like that they were forced out the gate like we got uh, a slab off them before getting slabs off yeah. anybody was the I, thing like i think um i think because they had the restaurant license and and i think like they were at an advantage with lock 13 in terms of license that they could sell to individuals um yeah because i think they mentioned that in that podcast for the Irish beer snob um where like i think in fairness some breweries because they only had the brew license they weren't actually able to do that like do home deliveries or whatever but yeah you're dead right like everything they ha- can do they have done now, uh, yeah so- even yeah even i think even even Still, they they were so well, off the bat, like it was like above and beyond for us. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Come here, speaking of the Kildare region, you're 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 you find yourself living in Kildare at the moment. Yeah. Um. For, I suppose for the for pretty much a year now. Uh, it'll be a year now in December. Yeah. So yeah, the, literally 11, 11 and a bit months now. Like yeah. So uh, what what have you come up with for your county of residence? Well, you know, there's, there's there's so many things I could have spoken about about Kildare, like you know, I it's, mean, it, we did a whole podcast on St. Bridget. Yeah, so I could have gone down um, the St. Bridget route. Um, there is um, there is this like um, like right here in Kilcullen, there is this um, Bennett uh, motoring route, um, which it's pretty cool it's kind of like um what's in what's that name of the thing the gumball you know that kind of gumball route uh that like kind of like you you, you hire a car or not hire a car you you drive a car like across europe that's just kind of this like one that kind of goes um through kildare i was thinking i was talking about that and um, there's obviously like the horse racing and stuff like that so um like uh like there's like like every day when I'm coming home from work, there's just like horse boxes all around me. Um, I was discussing this um with 
Kira over dinner as well, and she was she was saying that um what's funny is that oftentimes in Kildare you'll see um an army car with an L plate up on it because of the Cora camp and stuff here. So I thought that was pretty that was pretty funny that like you'd see like an L plate kind of um tank or something driving along beside you. Um but the one man I went for that we I had to talk about because it is the snowcast and we have to remember whatever forget about the pandemic this is the snowcast and the one man I had to talk about from Kildare is Christy Moore so Christy right so I was like what what can I talk about Christy Moore like you know so I found this amazing amazing article uh, about Christy um, called the Kildare Boy in Hot Press magazine, and uh, this is from this is from 2011. This article, but um, I had to just I had to, like this article is so long, so like I'd be here all night and I'd take up take up your entire night with um, Christy things. So I just had to like go through um, a few things, but. Uh, first of all, um, Chrissy worked in what was called the National Bank in Dublin, and um, he ended up sharing a room with Donald Lunny um, oh. when he was working there. So that, that's actually how he met uh, Donald Lunny. But um, there's, uh, there's so there's a few little bits. That I think I'm just going to read word for word because Chrissy's the way Chrissy. Um, words things so if anybody's ever been to a christy gig before the way that he um the way that he expresses himself the way that he tells the story he has a spiel before every song about how he remembers remember a time where was back down there in the middle of the middle of county Killern, and i saw yeah. the man the clancy murders but he has he has a beautiful um rambling and uh storytelling voice and i suppose uh, Jesus Christ, Darren, we're, we're, we're linking this, this episode back from, to the very start, this, this storytelling uh, aspect of the whole thing. And like, that's, that's him. Like, he's an absolute storyteller, isn't he? Like, well, I mean, his songs tell stories. And I, a lot of the songs he didn't write himself and his brother wrote, actually, a good few of his songs. And, and, and yeah, and, 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 he's, and, and a, lot of, a lot of songs that he had as well, or well, not that he had, but like that it, that he played and he sang, um, he's very he is very proudly um, taken them or asked permission from other artists to play them. Like so, I'd say uh, uh, the majority of his biggest hits um, are actually aren't his at all, but that he's made them his. You know, but the, thing um, is, like, the reason he makes them his is because he invests in the story behind the song, and he's always looking like he. As, as, as he'll say himself, if you listen to some of his live albums that you can find on Spotify or, or you can find on his website is, like he'll tell the story about like, you know, I was, I, was at a, I was at a gig in Glasgow in 1984 and I heard this song and I asked the man afterwards, what's that song? And how did it come about? And what's the story behind it? And then he just gives his take on it and he puts his, you know, his heart and soul into his version of it. So yeah, you're dead right. He's a fucking he's he's a brilliant storyteller and a true song. So I'm going to just give um, a few lines from this interview that he had with Hot Press in 2011, right? Uh, so um, the interviewer asked him, "Tell me about the first time you got into the guitar. Was that hard work?" 
So he said, uh, I was about 16 when the Clancy brothers exploded into my life and I really wanted a bit of that. I managed to get a guitar. I remember it was the Leinster Flakeole in Port Harrington and I bought it from Ned Bulfin for three pound. <laughs> it was my pride and joy and it was fantastic. Donald Lunny taught me G, C and D and with those few chords I was able to do quite a few Clancy Brothers songs. Then Donald taught me A minor and things really started opening up. So the interviewer asked him then, so uh, do you have a favourite chord? Ah sure, uh, you can't bet the old A minor. So interviewer again asked him, uh, do you have a favourite key? Ah sure, Actually, this is my this is one of my favorite bits of all interview. So, your favorite key, and sure, uh, at the moment, I the key of A. My voice has changed radically over forty years. I got a bit of shock this morning. I was uh, I heard a radio play Woody Guthrie's plane of crash of at Las Gatos, which I recorded in nineteen eighty three. I couldn't believe the sound of my voice. As you get older, your voice moves down a bit until it eventually moves six foot under. It's not fucking beautiful. It's not oh, it's amazing. Pure, it's pure Christy. Like, as, yeah. as you get older, your voice moves down a bit until eventually it moves six foot under. What a, what a line. Like, in, the middle of an, in the middle of an interview to come out with that, that is amazing. Like, poetic. Poetic. Um, a great man. And like we've, we've been... We've been to Christy Moore concerts and like the hair stands up in the back of your neck. Like when he does Viva La Quinta Brigada live, you know, it's amazing. And the one thing I will say from my personal standpoint, I love what Christy stands for in terms of like politically and his stance on the way the world should be. Um, so like it's so easy to just totally invest in his music and his um is 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 I suppose his championing of people who are marginalized, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, he's, I know, he's a hero and I'd, I'd recommend anybody I, I literally took I'd say you know like 10 20 lines out of uh, I'd say at like 2000 line um, interview there that he has with Hot Press and uh, like it, it's absolute gold like you know and so yeah definitely I would definitely recommend anybody to to just have a read of that Hot Press article like he's he's an absolute hero yeah top notch and um, speaking of top notch the top notch of Ireland is Malin Head oh yeah. that, was a, that was a good segue I liked I enjoyed okay. that now uh, Malin Head in County Donegal and I suppose you know what actually I was going to say when you think of County Donegal, there's only one brewery synonymous with County Donegal. But actually, uh, Declan Nixon, the head brewer of Yellowbelly, who is, I think he's from Derry originally. Mm. Like, I've only ever been pissed talking to Declan. So, like, I've no idea genuinely. I think he said he's from Derry. I think he is, yeah. Because it's not that... Uh, podcasts. It's not the... the um, oh, what's the... What's the... Uh, Jack Bowers Parish or Sir... Oh yeah, yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah. But I was sick for that one night. So uh, yeah, yeah. But also, he's a uh, uh, to bring it back to Christy. Uh, oh, I wish I was back home in Derry. And um, but he's a uh, instead he's in the hills of Donegal with Autobank Brewing. But I'm not drinking an Autobank Brewing. And actually, you know what? Um, I have a bottle there that I bought in 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 uh, Arkin stores during the week. Uh, that I think I might tuck into next because uh, 
I, I fucking I, I might think I'm on can seven at the moment and plowing through them at the moment at the rate we're going. But to bring it back to the, the pandemic, uh, County Donegal obviously is synonymous with Kinnegar. Uh, what an absolute phenomenal brewery. A brewery that I have absolutely like fallen in love with over the summer because uh, we don't get it in draft down here. And the, the one thing that COVID has given me is given me Kinnegar. Um, mm. And I'm so grateful for it. And I was like, right, they've they're like their their ales are to die for. But I was like, fuck it. This is the pandemic. We're in November. Uh, I'm gonna go for the porter, Yanarati, 4.8% porter. An absolute fucking like everything that Kinnegar does, knocks it out of the park. I don't think Kinnegar do bad beers. And I'm sorry, I haven't tasted a bad Kinnegar beer yet. And it's fucking delicious. No, it's bitter. There is bitterness to it. Like I do get a good a good bang of bitter coffee, um, almost like pre, you know, it's almost like coffee bean esque. Like it's so fresh. Mm. But I don't mind that. Like I my palate, like I actually like a bit of bitterness in porters. Um, I'm 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 a kind of person that like you know to be honest with you, I don't have much bad to say about beers because. Mm. Really try and find the intent in the beer and i think if it's important what the brewer was trying what flavor profile the brewer was trying to get rather than think about your preconceived notion of a style but i do associate porters with a bit of bitterness and it, it's yeah. or not um but it's got this lovely earthy kind of um drinkability like you can it's like you're drinking it from a fucking well you know that kind of way like it's uh, top notch and I have a little story on the side of the on the side of the tin there hold on I get it for you there um Kinnegar I have this little story about the brewery and there's a field across the road from the brewery it's on the side of the can there and you won't be able to read it on the YouTube because it's a mirror image but um Yanaradi is basically the name of a field and like it's almost like this like Irish people and Irish language speakers take the piss out of Donegal people for their pronunciation of words in the Irish language. And that's wrong because Irish is a an aural language, not a not a written language. And just in the north, um, they put emphasis in different uh, letters and it actually ends up making completely different sounds than people in Connemara in, 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 in Galway or people in Corcoghuina in Kerry, West Kerry Bruin, or people in Ballywarna with now my dear in Cork. And what I love about it is, is um is I'd love to find out the, the story behind the name of that field. I really would love to. But um the Yanarati Port of Kinnegar, 4.8%, a smashing beer. Have you ever had it on? No, I haven't. No. I've tried a few of the um Kinnegar um lineup like and um again uh, <laughs> Uh, just to talk about their cans as well, like they like great how kind of artwork isn't it on them, but yeah. they're very playful, like with the the rabbit and stuff. Um, really enjoy it, like um, consistent themes and like even like one one can that we featured during the summer was the Orleans Tart, and mm-hmm. have like uh, that can. I actually have a can of it here just because I picked them up recently. Like again, it's an apple sour, and they have an apple tree and a, a an apple falling on the rabbit's head, obviously mimicking um Isaac Newton there. Like you know, just that that playful artistry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, as you said, like it is, and um, uh, like they they have such a good core range, and uh, they have such such good beers. Like Scraggy Bay is just a quality beer. Like that's just you know. That's a like 
nine out of ten beer like that's that's one that you like you just i would say like if you're um someone who who is relatively new to craft beer and you're you've acquired a taste for pale ales and you want to know what the next level is scraggy yeah. bay is the next level yeah yeah the flavor profile of scraggy bay is phenomenal like and the, um, the entire experience the smell yeah um that yeah that that that's that's just a great great beer like you know um, um donegal as a county though right obviously i've mentioned irish language there's great ducks in donegal um uh just guido guido um the irish language is very prevalent in donegal like i i i've it's it's the i i, I actually think it's the only county i've never actually been to i was supposed to go there on my honeymoon and unfortunately covid struck in donegal quite heavily so we cancelled but um the, the donegal comes from the irish phrase duna now which basically means castle of the strangers which refers to the vikings who found donegal an area that they could settle in quite quickly and they managed to get a foothold there. Mm. But it's also, it's the only county in Ireland that I'm aware of, and I might be corrected. No, sorry, Dublin also has this. I apologise. Uh, and I actually mentioned it on the last podcast, so I'm making a fool of myself here. But along with Dublin, as far as I'm aware of, it's the only county in Ireland that has two names in Irish. Do you know what the other name for Donegal in Irish is on? So what, like doing an owl, is it? Yeah. And then... Uh, no, I'll tell you, you'll you'll you will know it. It's Tyr Cullen. Oh, sorry, yeah, Jesus, sure, yeah, I would have known. Yeah. It's one of those things that like people who speak the Irish language who like will kick themselves when they hear it. Um, because basically, there was um, in in ancient Ireland, there was the O'Neills and the O'Connells, who were the two main rival families in ancient Ireland and Ulster. and uh, the O'Connells use in when they would lose a battle would retreat into the hills of Donegal to match it back to Christy Morsan. Um so there's there's that aspect. It's got two names Irish, Tier Cunnell. Um, and also like the most popular tourist attraction in Ireland I mentioned when we had Western Herd featured was is the Cliffs of Moher. It's the most visited tourist attraction in Ireland. But the Sleeve League cliffs in Donegal are three times the height of the Cliffs of Moher. Wow. You've been to the Cliffs of Moher. Like, yeah. it's fucking high up, you know. I would love, like... I, Three I, times? That yeah. is insane. So, I, it's, it's after reading that, doing a bit of research, and I've never been to Donegal, and it's a fucking crying shame that I've never been to, because I, I love everything Donegal. I yeah. love their, their way of speaking. I love their, their linguistics. I love just, the, I love their beer. So, I'm, I must get up the sleeve league. And uh, I, I'm going to give you one more thing about Donegal because, like, um, I, I'm conscious of time here. Um, and we have two more beers and counties to get through. Uh, Lox Willy in Donegal is actually one of three glacial fjords in Ireland. So oh. It's a geographical anomaly, uh, geological anomaly, or whatever the fucking phrase is. Oh, and what's your fourth beer and fourth county of the night? Um, my fourth beer and my fourth county is um, Treaty City's um, Pure Crack Sour Stout. And so that is... Oh, so a sour stout. Wait till you hear this. This is, this is honestly ludicrous, man. Uh so Treaty City uh, is the another another name for Limerick City because the Treaty Limerick just signed there in 
I, I, I could tell you the year, but I can't remember. Seventeen. No, actually, no. The, the 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 Limerick is known as the Treaty City for a number of reasons because it was historically in Des in Desmond, which basically translates to North Monster and Tormund. No, sorry, Tormund, which translates to North Monster and Desmond is South Monster. Desmond is in Cork. Um, all of the treaties between like the Vikings, an awful lot of the treaties between Vikings and the ancient Irish were signed in Tormund, in Tormund Castle. So that's how it became known as the treaty. I, whose county is this? What? What? Are you trying to scheme in on my county? <laughs> that's, that's Limerick City. <laughs> that's Limerick City. Uh, oh good man thanks I actually I wasn't going to talk about the treaties at all like because well, there you that's, go that's that's absolute nonsense thank thank you for enlightening me and enlightening the listeners on the bring treaty. it back to Finn Dwyer Finn's going to text us during the week and be like that was bullshit that's not the case at all it was sure look <laughs> we had to bring Finn Dwyer into another can anyway so here he is but anyway uh this treaty city, pure crack, sour stout, right? I think I texted you when I got this, right? And I was just like, I, I've gotten a sour stout. And you were like, ooh, interesting. And I was just like, ooh, what the hell is this going to be like, right? And I'm still like, what the hell is this after tasting the thing? Like this, right? So you taste it and you go, yeah, that's a sour. And then you go, no, hold on, hold on. No, that's a that's a stout. No, wait, no, that's that's a sour. No, hold on. Hold on. I think I have a sour. I have a stout sour. Is that a sour? No, hold on. I have a stouty sour. What? I have a sour, stout, stout, sour. And you're like, this this you've spoken about beers which mess with your head. This messes with your head. This is phenomenal it is an amazing like this is honestly an amazing amazing beer right so you know i love sours right this has been this has been broadcast uh, across across the snowcast lore that i love a sour and that castaway is one of my favorite beers this is up there this is like Fuck number, off. this is like number I'd say this could be number two. This is amazing. Like, this well, is you, like fun. Like, it's actually so good. Like, I, and it's so confusing as well. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I, I'm so clearly questioning your sexuality and like, your, I am, your I am, life and like I, everything. I, I am, I am. I don't know what way I'm swinging, but like, it's, it's either, it's either sour or it's either stout. And, you know, I'm either a stout sexual or a sour sexual. <laughs> but like genuinely, you because you sent me a picture of your haul from the carryout local carryout the other day, which included this can, and like you just described it, and I've just copped the 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 can artwork is it's called pure crack, yeah, and it sounds like pure crack. And the can artwork is fireworks going off. And it sounds like when you drink it, just fireworks go off in your palate and brain and every other part of your body. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And I can I can definitely this is this is one hundred percent marmite beer. It, it I can a hundred percent say that like people are going to 
love this or hate this um just because of the pure complexity of it like you know as in um it's it starts off like so so sour like and then you're like wait a minute wait hold on this is like like this is like you know this kind of like sour um like i don't know like that, that that like really 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 sour taste at the start um and then you're like hold on now there's like chocolate and coffee and stuff coming in at the back end of this that like it's just like bringing in this um stouty taste and you're like how like how is this how is this even possible like you know um but i don't know it, like i it's just it's it's crazy it is crazy like I need I need to take another little sip from the can here. This is but I think I think like what you've described is amazing. Uh it's it and it's almost like this kind of thing. I think you're definitely right in that it'll be a marmite beer. Um, yeah. But what I think cannot be disputed is the skill involved in creating a beer that has that effect when you drink it. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. It, and it's a first time treaty brewing who we've actually been keen to get to their tap house in Limerick. Um, and that failed to it's the first time it's featured in the podcast and I'm delighted it's such a banger because, and you love it so much because it's a brewery that like we have great admiration for that we love we love what they do on social media and stuff and we love the look of the beers so I'm really glad that you've had a positive experience um, when it comes to Limerick City Kid um, what have you to tell us about Limerick City Kid and Limerick County so um I thought I'd talk about um, another um, another grouping, or um, definitely uh, one of the members being um, high up in the podcast charts, and uh, that's talking about um, the Rubber Bandits, who are from Limerick. So um, I was reading, um, obviously, uh, the whole thing about the Rubber Bandits is that um, both of the boys, um, Blind Boy Boat Club and Mr. Chrome, uh, both wear uh, plastic bags to, to keep anonymous. And um, uh, so it, it's actually quite hard to find anything out about them. Uh, but that's great. That's also great for them as well. And um, it's... It, it it it, 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 it um, brings this kind of level of mysteriousness about them. So I found this article um, from uh, cracked.com from 2012. So it's about this guy called uh, something Gladstone. I, I can't remember what his first name is. Um, but uh, he anyway becomes friends with the uh, two boys from uh, the uh, from from uh, no sorry actually becomes friends with Blind Boy really uh, from um, from the Rubber Bandits and he tells the story of when the two boys were doing a gig in um, in New York and uh, brought him on the lash over in New York so there's this cracked article from from that so again I'm just going to read out from this because. Um, me summarizing it wouldn't wouldn't do it justice because it was it's just it's, it's just so good like you know so basically um your man arrives at the pre-show before before um uh, the rubber bandits are hitting the stage and he's trying to get in so um 
So basically, uh, the boys had failed to leave your man on the guest list. So he was looking at your one. And uh, as he was kind of looking to try and convince the bouncer to get into the get into the show, he felt a hand on the shoulder and it was blind by himself. And he said, and it was the largest Chinese dude I've ever seen in my life. So he said, Jesus. Um, uh, so blind boy said, Jesus, that's that's your man Gladstone. He's with me. So your one um, stamped uh, the crack.com interviewers a hand and goes, sorry, I just assumed that guy was a narc. So uh, blind boy says, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was late. I was at the Statue of Liberty. Uh, it's a bit shit, isn't it? Uh, Tupac isn't even buried there. <laughs> so, so yeah. one of Blind Boy's friends, uh, who's a Chinese lad, says, um, our hands, uh, Gladstone, um, a can of Paps Blue Ribbon or PBR. Any of the, anybody who's gone on a J1 would have had, drank PBR. So uh, the interviewer asked Blind Boy, are these guys your friends? And blind boy goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're triads. Uh, they're gas yeah. bastards all together. <laughs> we met in Chinatown and uh, we offered him a job doing security. Uh, you can't be too safe doing um, in this crazy world of gangster rap. Um, so uh, the interviewer asked him, uh, is that why you're wearing those bags on your head? So blind boy goes, yeah, yeah, a bit like... Um, <laughs> You saw the news, didn't you? Um, Jay-Z clearly had Whitney Houston assassinated to make room in the Illuminati for his baby with Beyonce. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I wouldn't say this much. Like, you know, his podcast make a lot more sense than that. Oh, it's absolutely... It's cracked. Like, I'd say this is kind of like pre um blind boy kind of like growing up a bit like you know it's um it's uh <laughs> it's it's absolutely gas like you know um but anyway they go on and they're playing their um, <laughs> they're, they're playing their gig they go and play their gig and they play um like spastic hawk and black man and all, like all the all their tunes that um the rubber bandits were, <laughs> were um, we're famous for so um your man goes kind of to he goes to go to an after party and um mr chrome says that they've been invited to um williamsburg in new york for a hipster party um so uh so so, uh they said oh they showed up the at the hipster party but they were told to clear off like when they got there so the interviewer asked him, oh, what happened? Like, so um, Blind Boy says, oh, those fucking hipsters wouldn't speak to us. They snobbed us and ran into their home, shooing the sexy birds inside and speaking mental lingo. Uh, so your man goes, what, what type of lingo were they talking about? Blind Boy answers, um, they were talking hipster talk. I couldn't understand a word. So the interviewer goes, um, uh, what did these hipsters look like? Blind boy says, I don't know, like hipsters, um, like they had beards and like these ironic hats on, and they had these unnecessarily warm clothes, and most importantly, each one of them was dressed exactly like the same. So <laughs> the interviewer realizes then that the rubber bandits hadn't come across um a hipster party, but they were actually talking 
the to the Williamsburg Hasidic Jew community. <laughs> and that they were talking to the lads with funny hats on <laughs> who were actually the Hasidic Jews. Oh man, I thought that article was absolutely gas. <laughs> I don't know how you go over this shit. Like, I'm here talking about fucking Cliffs and Donegal. <laughs> and you come up with an article about two musicians who have, like, tried to highlight disability and oh. racial prejudices in Ireland through writing songs called Spastic Hawk and Black Man. Oh, it's so good. Like, uh, <laughs> actually, one just one last paper. Like, the interviewer goes, like, oh, <laughs> he goes, uh, oh, they're, um, they, they're, they're part of the Hasidic um, Jew community. community. And Blind Boy goes, Hasidic Jews? <laughs> Is that what's wrong with the Gaza Strip? Is it Hasidic Jews mixing with alkali Jews and making everything explode like a science project? <laughs> oh, actually, sorry, sorry. I have one last bit, right? This is this is actually quality, right? This is this is my favorite line from the whole thing. But um, Mr. Chrome asks the interviewer. Um, he said. Oh, actually, can we can we get out of here? Um, I need to leave. I, I need to use um a I, I need to use a phone box. So um the interviewer goes, oh, here, no, it's fine. Um, you can use my cell phone. <laughs> and Mister Crone goes, I, I can't piss inside your cell phone. so respectful to every county <laughs> I just spent six minutes talking about an article with zero substance whatsoever just pure nonsense <laughs> oh my god uh, what our work colleagues have to put up with every day <laughs> uh, so good I, I, I really enjoyed that article so good oh. I, think, like, I, don't, I don't know like your man is probably making that whole thing up like but I just thought it was just I, I just thought like that whole situational comedy thing it's amazing like it's so no, funny that 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 thing about like fucking acidic and alkaline Jews I don't know it's like how the fuck would you make that up like anyways moving on moving on <laughs> to the 24th Beer in the 24th county of the pandemic series is um right so I, I have a bit of like um creative artistic license with this one so county leitrim is one of ireland's more unremarkable counties yes agreed um, and a couple of years ago some remarkable people founded carrig brewing company in Carrick and Shore, the largest town in Leitrim. But then, two, three years ago, uh, that brewing company, for logistics reasons, for business reasons, had to move and merge with Brew Brewery in County Meath, which has already been featured in the pandemic series. Like, so a year or two ago, Carrick Brewing Company merged with Brew. So for that reason, uh, Brewer represented Leitrim tonight. Uh, County Leitrim. 
And I was like, right, Blue Army Brewery, but you know, they have merged with Carrig Brewing, so I think it's fair enough that they do represent Legion. And uh, I was like, fuck it, what beer from Brew are we going to feature? Because Brew have some amazing beers and they're all up in Beer Cloud. And I was like, I can access these beers. But actually, um, the Virtual Beer Festival beer pack from the last Virtual Beer Festival came and it was a Friday night and we had calves on a farm um, who were not feeding. So basically, I couldn't attend the Virtual Beer Festival. So I had a pack and it remained unopened until a week or two ago. And Owen, we were chatting about different breweries and going through the list of breweries for this series. And we were like, Brew Brewery. And I happened to mention that I didn't have that. I, I just came to me and I was like, I actually had that virtual beer festival pack and it's unopened. So I wonder any of the breweries not. And you were like, straight away, you snapped. They were like, fucking Blue Brewery is in that pack and it's a brilliant beer. So representing Leitrim by fact of the way that Brew has like via, use a scientific phrase, via endocytosis has subsumed Carrig Brewing Company from Leitrim. And there isn't a brewery that we are aware of in Leitrim at the moment. But that being said, they merged. It, they actually merged and it was a, like fucking, it wasn't a hostile takeover like you see in suits. Um, yeah, like to, to, to give us a break, like lads, you know, come on, like we're, we're doing our best here, like, you know, so. I mean, I, I'm fucking claiming it. Now, anyone has a problem with it can come fucking see me and see me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> square on, I'm square in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, basically, we ended up with um, a, brew, a brew brewery um, merged with Carrig Brewing. Um, beer that was in the, the, the virtual beer fence, brew pack that I hadn't touched because I just, you know, shit happened, life happened on the day. So I, I, I hadn't opened it. And uh, I'm really fucking happy that I have this beer in my house because it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's the Pandanero Tiramisu Stout, 7% uh, dessert stout from uh, Brew Brewing Company. And I think, you know what, I'm very glad that they describe it as a dessert stout because we were discussing this off mic on about the fact that they describe it as a dessert stout uh, a tiramisu dessert stout and tiramisu is kind of funny you know depending where you go it's either more on the sweet side or more on the coffee and bitter side and for me like I asked you this off mic because I was like is this just me the way I'm fucking tasting this it was very it was very it was very much more on the sweet than bitter side like I didn't get any bitterness off it so it was purely a dessert stout it's not bitter there's no bitterness to this at all that I can taste um, from my limited palate um so. yeah no i yeah like I, I i totally agree and i think that um we've i've had the uh wicklow wolf uh tiramisu uh, apex tiramisu apex series tiramisu um and that definitely goes down the more bitter roof i think uh less sweet still it is still a sweet uh, and I would probably uh, still say it is a dessert stout, that tiramisu stout. I think all, I th- I'd say probably all of the ones that are being coming out now because I've ne- well, not that we've been following beers that long, but like I've never seen such a deluge of uh, tiramisu stouts than there has been this year. Like there's like ones out all over the place. Um, flavor of the month. It, yeah, it is, it is a little flavor of the month, but. 
uh, I'm not complaining anyway because I absolutely love it. Like that's it. The taste, the taste of those guys are amazing. But what I would say about that Panonero is that it is definitely a little bit sweeter. Um, what is which it isn't, like- which isn't a bad. I'm not saying it's that's a bad thing at all. No. I'm saying that uh, if you want a sweet stout and if you want a dessert stout, and, and I would literally say like this is the perfect. If you want to skip. Uh, an actual tiramisu uh, for dessert. Like, yeah. This is amazing. Like well, what, is... I, what I was going to say was like, what a testament it is to Irish independent brewing that we can have two tiramisu stouts that are so diverse in flavor. You've got a sweet yeah. one, you've got a bitter coffee. Like co- you've got a bitter one where coffee is prevalent. You've got a sweet one where the sweet aspect of tiramisu is prevalent. And like coffee is a key ingredient to tiramisu. So like, it's not to put one down or put one over. It's just to highlight the fact that they are incredibly different. Um, and they offer different drinking experiences and look listener you should drink both and give us your feedback um yeah 100 it's, it's a very nice drink in terms of leitrim like um what a difficult county to find stuff out about like a fuck all to say about it other than the fact that like it has the smallest population of any county in ireland and it has carrick on shannon which you mentioned in terms of carrick what a, what a stag spot that's exactly it. Like it's a brilliant stag spot. It's just a it's that's what it's known for. Um and also people might be familiar with um drum drum shambo gin. Oh yeah. Drum shambo is a tiny village in Leitrim. Um and that famous gin is a produce of Leitrim, um, which is a really cool part of Ireland because it's very low density population and uh it's full of fucking fields and forests and shit like that. It's cool. Lakes cool. And the River Shannon flows through it. It's kind of cool from an ecological point of view. So it's well worth visiting. But there's, um, it's this kind of thing that we spoke about off air a couple of times about like, I'd love to get in contact with a brewery or someone who's familiar with the area and be like, like where's the places to go? What are the pubs to go to? And what are the like fucking, um, what are the, the activities to do in the local area and that's that's something that i'd love to find out more about leitrim because google didn't help me that much yeah no um i think i think as well um i suppose just a highlight for this entire pandemic series like it's all been through um through google i suppose really and i know you touched in your last episode in the last episode you got a bit of help from boys from leash and stuff like that so uh that helped you out a little bit with those little kind of um stories but um i suppose from just from the fact that we're, we're our main aim is just to try and get through these cans and get get it all sorted like that um it 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 is that thing of you're, you're never going to discover a county and like i know from waterford as well that like uh, you're never going to hear the true stories about Waterford or the things that the locals think that matter um, until you talk to the locals as well. Like, yeah. you know, so yeah. um, I suppose, so, yeah, we're, we're doing our, be- we're doing our best here and we're <laughs> maybe, and like, I'm just telling stories about boys, from <laughs> boys going on tour in New York. Like, so I can't really say much, but um, uh yeah, no, I think I think those kind of like small stories as well that need to be told by the locals as well, you know. I suppose as well as we're doing this, we're getting leerier as we go about it. Um, and we're trying to have the few cans drank before we start recording so that we, we have, by the time we come to the drinks, we've drank them. Um, so that's led to 
us being drunker as we go, um, which is great because like we're having a session then every every Friday night we record. Um, so we have no concept of how long this podcast has been until we upload the audio afterwards. So thanks for sticking with us. Um, yeah. If you want to support this podcast, if you want this podcast to produce more content, if you want this podcast to produce exclusive content, you can support us at www.patreon.com forward I'm amazed eight comes in and eight serious cans in that I can fucking get that out of my mouth, but fair play to me. Um, you know where to go to support us. You know where to go to follow us on social media. Thanks for staying with us. We appreciate every listen that we get. Uh, means the world to us. Like at the end of the day, we are not experts or this random. We're just two people, two friends who want to uh, share our frack experiencing beer and chatting nonsense. And uh, there's more to that to come in the in the coming weeks. Uh, we're three quarters of the way through the pandemic series. I can't believe we might actually achieve it. Um, as Owen said, we had a little bit of a cheat with Ballykill Cabin. I think we will have to do a cheat on one more county, but look, we'll see where we are next Friday. We're not going to give anything away now. Um, it's been a brilliant journey for us as individuals, and we're fucking, we're really happy to have you on the way. Uh, Owen, pardon words for the listeners. Uh, so I suppose my pardon words are I'm going to take from the Treaty City uh, Pure Crack can and just says, keep safe and wash your hands, ye gowls. That is the most limerick message I've ever heard in my life, and that would be pre-COVID-19. Um, lads, stay away from yourselves. Stay away from each other. But don't stay away from the cans. It's long fall. It's long. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.